Well, the Gonzaga Bulldogs added two impactful transfers this offseason, including Chattanooga's Malachi Smith. Hear exactly why he is the perfect fit for Mark Few's system right here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Don't go away. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, today is episode four. In our season series, previewing every player on Gonzaga's roster ahead of the 22-23 season. We talked about Braden Huff in the very first episode. We talked about Rasir Bolton. And then yesterday's episode, we talked about Efton Reed. Today, we're continuing the transfer trend and talking about Malachi Smith out of Chattanooga. We're going to talk about his history in the first segment. We're going to talk about the best and worst case scenarios for the upcoming season in segment number two. And then we'll close out the show talking about his expected role, expected production, and what his potential future might look like from an NBA or professional basketball standpoint. All right, so starting with the history for Malachi Smith, he did not begin his college career at Chattanooga, similar to Rasir Bolton in a lot of ways. Malachi began his career at Wright State during the 2018-2019 season. He played 35 games for Wright State. Only 15 minutes per night was a backup for Wright State to begin his career. Very quite a development for Malachi Smith, depending on how this season goes. But either way, to start your high school or excuse me, your college career as a backup guard at Wright State uh, and ending up being a likely starter or at least a highly impactful player for the Gonzaga Bulldogs in a span of a couple of years. Pretty tremendous glow up for Malachi Smith. Shout out to him for that. Average five and a half points, three boards and about just under two assists while with Wright State, ended up transferring after his first year, had to sit out a year because that was during the time period where you had to sit out a year when you wanted to transfer, Uh, ended up returning and playing two seasons at Chattanooga with the mocks. His numbers at Chattanooga are just staggering. I know it's a small major team. I know that one one really good player on a team like that can have somewhat elevated or inflated stats, but it's still ridiculous to see what Malachi Smith did. He played 60 games for the mocks, 59 of them were starts. He averaged 35.6 minutes per game, which is just obscene. That means that on average, he played over 35 minutes per game. He, He frequently played entire games. He rarely played less than 30 minutes per game. He was on the floor a lot for Chattanooga during the last two seasons. He averaged in those two seasons combined 18.6 points, 7.6 rebounds, 3.1 assists, and 1.5 steals. If something happened in a Chattanooga basketball game, Malachi Smith probably had something to do with it. Whether he was scoring, making a defensive play, grabbing a rebound, getting a steal, getting an assist, whatever it may be, Malachi Smith was very, very, very involved. When you look at players like this, and we, I always bring up Ryan Woolridge, and I will continue to always bring up Ryan Woolridge because he kind of set the archetype for this sort of player at Gonzaga. When you look at players like this, often they may have really high numbers, high scoring numbers, high just total numbers and assists, rebounds, steals, whatever it may be. But the efficiency is often down. 
And that makes sense. If you're the best player on your team and everybody in the stands knows it, everybody on the coaching staff knows it, everybody on each team knows it, then you're going to get more scrutiny. You're going to get more defensive pressure. Teams are going to spend the entire week leading up to your game trying to figure out how to stop you. And so for Malachi Smith and for other players in this kind of situation, you often see decreased efficiency numbers. They may score 18, 19, 20 points per game, but it's probably not going to be the most efficient scoring because they have to take all the shots. They have to do kind of everything. And for Malachi Smith, that wasn't the case. His efficiency numbers were very, very good. He shot 51.4% on two-pointers, so he was over 50% from inside the arc. In two seasons, again, combined at Chattanooga, he shot 39.7% from three. I also, I didn't mention this before, at Wright State in his one season there, he shot 22% from deep. So he sat out a year, probably spent that entire year shooting outside shots because then he goes on and shoots 40% for the next two seasons while being the primary ball handler, primary scorer, primary everything for the mocks. For him to still shoot 40% from deep is tremendous. Ryan Woolridge, I think, was something like 31-32%, and then he shot 42% at Gonzaga because he had more freedom. He had more opportunities to shoot. He was not the primary focus of opposing defenses. It'll be very interesting to see what Malachi Smith's shooting percentage looks like because Rasir Bolton did a similar thing as well. So that's that's a, a big thing that I'm going to be watching for this season. Continuing with the history for Smith, after his two seasons at Chattanooga, he entered the transfer portal, was a highly sought-after target, of course. Uh, He ended up committing to Gonzaga very shortly after the big week where Rasir Bolton, Julian Strother, and Drew Timmy in the span of 48 hours all decided to return to Spokane, running it back, brought those three guys back, had already brought Efton Reed into the mix, and then shortly after that, you find out that Malachi Smith, this big, physical, really good shooting guard, is coming to Spokane. Just an exceptional week for the Zags when this happened, Uh, really still getting a chance to figure out how all these pieces are going to fit together. The Zags were in on a ton of guards on the transfer portal. We talked a lot about some of the big men that they were looking at outside of Efton Reed, like Dawes Amac, like Kenneth Lofton, etc. For guards, Nigel Pack was a big one. He ended up at Miami. Tyrese Hunter, who ended up at Texas. Kevin McCollar was another big one as well. The, the Zags were interested in, in a lot of players on the transfer portal. They were really trying to figure out the best way to build this roster. The players they ended up with, Efton Reed, who again we talked about on yesterday's show, uh, and now Malachi Smith, who we're going to talk about more today, Just tremendous fits for what this program needed for this year and, frankly, what they need going forward. We talked more about Reed and his potential impact in this program in future years, less about what he's going to do this season, although he will be impactful this season. With Smith, he does have two years of eligibility. He could come back for the following season, but the primary focus is going to be what Malachi Smith brings to the team this year because he was brought in to be a contributor this year. That is the immediate impact that he is expected to have. And we're going to talk more about that in the second segment. We're going to take a look at his best-case scenarios for this upcoming year and his worst-case scenarios for this upcoming year. Before we get there, though, I want to tell you all about Bet Online. College basketball is less than one month away, folks. It is finally almost back. College football and the NFL are underway, and the MLB playoffs are, you guessed it, in full swing. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it. 
BetOnline remains the best spot for all your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all of the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. They even have lines for coaching changes across every major sport, so even in the offseason, you can get your fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Right, segment two, still any patents, still Locked on Zags. Still want to thank all of you who have made Locked on Zags your first listen of the day, as well as those of you who are checking out the show on YouTube. It's Jersey Week. I've been wearing a Gonzaga alumni jersey every day this week. It started with the Marco Gonzalez jersey on Monday to honor the Mariners making the playoffs. Today, I'm recording this on Wednesday afternoon. You're probably listening to this on Thursday or later in the week, so it is no longer Gary Bell's birthday. But as of right now, I'm going to wear this jersey as a shout-out to Gary Bell. Happy birthday. It's a Gonzaga number 5 jersey for those who haven't checked out the show on YouTube. If you are, if you are interested, go to YouTube.com, search Locked on Zags. You can find all of the videos, all of the jerseys from Jersey Week. You can hit that big red subscribe button as well and help me get to 1,000 subscribers. But wanted to take a second to shout out Gary Bell, new assistant coach at Northern Arizona University. Happy birthday to him. We're not talking Gary Bell today, though. We're talking Malachi Smith, and we are talking best and worst case scenarios here in the second segment. I I always say this caveat. I'll, I'll make it brief here. Best case is within reason. Worst case is without injury. You guys know that the worst case scenario for Malachi Smith is that he gets injured and doesn't play this year. There's no point in talking about that. It's just not particularly conducive if a player has injury history and it's relevant to their story. We will discuss it in that case. And we're not going to talk best case scenario for, we're not going to over-exaggerate it. Best best case scenario for any player is that they win the National Player of the Year award, they win championship MVP, they win you know West Coast Conference Player of the Year, whatever it may be, first overall pick in the NBA draft. And for some players, that may be realistic. When we get to Drew Timmy, National Player of the Year is, is pretty clearly going to be a part of that conversation, but it is not realistic for everybody, so we're going to try to keep them within reason and not discuss those injuries. We're going to start with Malachi Smith. Best case scenario for Malachi Smith is that he plays a hybrid point guard, combo guard role, and he's playing about 30 minutes per night. I don't think Malachi Smith is here to play a reserve role, to be kind of just another piece. Like he, The Zags have an incredibly deep backcourt. It's staggering how talented this backcourt is. They're going to have to play four guards, depending how you classify Julian Strother, in order to just get all of these guys the minutes that they deserve. But in the best case scenario for Malachi Smith, because he can play the one, because he can play on the wing, because he offers versatility offensively and defensively, he's on the floor a lot. That's the best case scenario for Malachi Smith. He is on the floor a lot. Uh, He's somewhat similar to, to Bolton in the sense that when Bolton came to Spokane, he had primarily played a point guard role at Iowa State after Tyrese Hunter got hurt. Uh, they were kind of hurting for some, for excuse me, Tyrese Halliburton, not Tyrese Hunter. Um, they were they were hurting for for depth in the guard, guard room. And so Bolton took over as a starting point guard and pretty much played that role for the next year and a half. And when he got to Gonzaga, he didn't play that role. He was, play, he was shifted more into an off guard role. We'll talk a little bit more in the third segment about how I think Smith's minutes are going to be shaken up, but I think the best case scenario for Malachi Smith is if he does play more off the ball, that some of those improvements we saw from Rasir Bolton, we also see from Smith. 
we see a player who is even more efficient. It's hard to imagine. He was so efficient while he was at Chattanooga. But in a best-case scenario for Malachi Smith, because he's not the opposing team's primary focus defensively, because they're going to be more focused on Drew Timmy and Julian Strother and and Rasir Bolton and, and really everybody, because Gonzaga's team is so dang deep, one through nine, that it allows Malachi Smith more opportunities to get truly open looks. He, he shot 39.7% at Chattanooga, and he was the opposing team's biggest focus defensively. That's not going to happen at Gonzaga. So in a best-case scenario, instead of 51 52% on twos, he's maybe 55 56%. He's a little bit more efficient. He's out in transition more. And then from the three-point perspective, and we saw Roz Bolton get all the way up to 46%. Best-case scenario for Malachi Smith, he's around there as well. He goes from 39 at Chattanooga to 46, 47, 49. I mean, that seems a little insane, but maybe maybe we're talking about a 50% three-point shooter. The volume is going to be a little bit lower just because he's not going to have as many opportunities. But there's it's reasonable to expect that at least 45%, and if we're talking best case, I mean, we're really throwing it all the way out there. Malachi Smith could knock down half his three-pointers this year. It's not insane to think that he could do that, and that is wild to have a player with that capability on the wing. Best-case scenario for Malachi Smith is he is an absolute menace, not only in transition, but in the half-court offense as well. He he was a, a fantastic transition player while at Chattanooga. Really big strength of his. Getting the ball, steals. He was a very physical player, so he often got the ball by by making steals towards the towards half court. Getting out in transition, getting to the bucket, getting easy points that way. Rasir Bolton was really, really good at this last year. I keep bringing him up because there are a lot of similarities, and they are going to play a similar role for this Gonzaga team. For Malachi Smith, if he can get out in transition, get himself some easy buckets that way, that's going to be huge for his total production and, of course, for Gonzaga's overall offensive production. But I think a big hinge for Smith, too, is how he looks in the half court. Because that kind of is the big question with Malachi Smith. How much of his time is going to be spent playing the point guard or playing off the ball? The best case scenario for Smith is that he can do both seamlessly. If he is the the guy bringing the ball up the court, maybe because Nolan Hickman's off the not on the court at the time, maybe because they're trying to have Smith or Hickman play more of a two role, whatever it may be. If Malachi Smith is the point guard, he can run those high ball pick and rolls. That's something he didn't do a ton at Chattanooga, but there's you watch some video, you watch some tape of him. His ability to run the pick and roll looks very good. There's some excellent video of him going left off of a screen and getting a bucket that way, taking the screen, putting his defender on his back, getting a bucket that way. Things that Andrew Nembhard made just, he made them look so easy in his two years in Spokane. Things that we're hoping Nolan Hickman's going to be able to do. If Malachi Smith can do that stuff too and handle that role while also being a knockdown outside shooter as a perimeter player, as a off-ball guard, that's the best case scenario. Defensively, we know he's going to be good defensively, but again, the the bump of getting, yeah, he's going to be playing better opponents. The guys in front of him are going to be better for the most part, but he also has better defensive teammates around him. He may not have to guard the opposing team's best player every single minute of every single game. When Hunter Salas is in the game, he's probably going to do that. There's a chance Rasir Bolton has that role over Malachi Smith as well. So his defense is probably going to tick up. So the overall best case scenario for Malachi Smith, he looks... Efficient as a point guard. He's even more efficient as an outside shooter slash non-point guard guard. Like in, in a diff off-ball guard role, he's more efficient. He's better defensively. He's still getting out in transition. All of that stuff 
leads to a situation where Malachi Smith is getting legitimate NBA draft buzz throughout the season. I have already seen mock drafts that have him included in the second round. This is a guy who was at Chattanooga last year, who started his career as a backup at Wright State, and now he is on NBA draft boards. I don't know how likely it is that he gets drafted. He's his age is working against him. He's six foot four, which is a good size for a point guard, but sort of undersized for a combo guard at the next level. So there's going to be some challenges that that no matter how well he performs, are going to be hard for him to overcome. But in a best-case scenario, we are looking at mock drafts throughout the end of the season. We are discussing, is he going to get invited to the Combine? Is he going to, you know, what is that going to look like for him? And in a best-case scenario, he does finish the year. The, the, the culmination of his final year in college is that in late June, he hears his name called in the NBA draft. What's the worst-case scenario for Malachi Smith? Well, the worst case is that he doesn't offer those true point guard skills. I think that's the biggest worst case scenario that could reasonably happen that would negatively impact Smith's production and also the Zags. Nolan Hickman is the point guard on this roster, and I'm not saying that in the sense of like he's the clear-cut starter. I'm saying it in the sense that he's the only like real point guard on the roster. It is a a a potential issue on this roster depending on how Malachi Smith and Rasir Bolton ultimately handle having to play point guard duties. Somebody's going to have to be the backup point guard. Nolan Hickman is not going to play 40 minutes a night, nor should he play even close to 40 minutes a night. He should probably play closer to 25 minutes per night, depending on conditioning and, and how he's doing and, and various other factors that will change on a game-to-game basis. But for the most part, there's at least 12 to 15 or more minutes per game of point guard duties that are not going to go to Nolan Hickman. They need to go to somebody. Worst case scenario, Malachi Smith cannot fill that role. The concerns about his relatively pedestrian assist numbers continue to be a problem. His assist numbers are likely down because his teammates were not all that good at Chattanooga. I am personally very not concerned about his relatively low assist numbers, especially when you look at his scoring numbers and his efficiency numbers. But in a worst case scenario, when asked to play more of a distributor role, Malachi Smith struggles. Beyond that, the worst case scenario is the the fear that everybody has about smaller major uh, transfers coming up, you know, moving up a level is that his numbers were maybe inflated by the the up caliber of opponent that he faced in college. And when he gets to the WCC, which I know that a whole lot of people out there wouldn't be surprised to hear this sentiment, but when you get in the WCC and you're facing bigger and stronger and faster athletes than you faced in the Southern Conference, that could be a situation where Malachi Smith is maybe doesn't look as good. He's not going to be bad. I just he's there's there's no there's not really any way for me to imagine that a guy who scored 20 points per game at the Division One level is going to suddenly just be not good at basketball. But there is the possibility that some of the ways that he was productive at Chattanooga don't translate as well because he is playing at a higher caliber opponent. That's the worst case scenario. Is that that is somewhat visible. That is plainly obvious to us that that might be something that is happening. Ways that that could manifest itself would would certainly be on the defensive end. He struggles guarding the opposing team's better players. Uh, he's he's the physicality that he used to to his advantage at Chattanooga just doesn't translate as well at this level. Uh, offensively, maybe he can't get to his spots as well. He can't get his spaces. Again, I think a lot of the offensive challenges that we might see, uh, he's still going to be able to make open shots. But I think the dis- distribution, the ability to run the offense, those are the things that might end up causing him problems in a worst case scenario. Beyond that. 
if he's not producing, there's a lot of guards who are capable of producing on this team. So the worst case scenario for Malachi Smith is he kind of gets lost in that role. Maybe he gets relegated to the bench. Maybe he starts the season out on the bench and never gets into the starting lineup. That is possible. We'll discuss that more in the third segment. But worst case scenario for him is that Hunter Salas and or Dominic Harris just pass him on the depth chart. And Rasir Bolton and Julian Strother and Nolan Hickman are already up there. And all of a sudden, he's maybe not giving you consistent minutes every single night. I think that this is like pretty considerably down the rabbit hole of worst case scenarios. I think it would be quite surprising to see Malachi Smith just not in Gonzaga's rotation or barely in Gonzaga's rotation. But the beauty of having a roster that is so deep and so talented is they don't need to rely on like this team is not make or break necessarily with Malachi Smith. If he struggles for whatever reason, they have other options. They can rely on Hunter Salas to play a bigger role. They can rely on Dominic Harris, health provided for him, that he can, they can rely on him for a bigger role. Heck, they could have Anton Watson and or Efton Reed or Ben Gregg play more minutes at the four, have Julian Strother play more of his minutes at the three, and then that could kind of push somebody out of the rotation that way. They have just a plethora of options to deal with this, so... I don't think that this is really going to happen with Malachi Smith. It would be surprising to see that happen, but this is the benefit of having such a loaded, versatile roster that Mark Few has is that if somebody, whether it's Smith or somebody else, is really just not getting their responsibilities done, they can look elsewhere and find a way to fill that gap. All right, we're going to come back in the third and final segment. We're going to discuss Smith's likely role, his likely production, and what his professional future might look like right after this. All right, segment number three. Still Andy Patton, still locked on Zag, still talking all things transfer guard Malachi Smith as we continue our season preview series ahead of Gonzaga's first official game on November 7th against North Florida. Although, of course, they have a scrimmage game against Tennessee coming up on October 28th, which is kind of the the date that we're all gunning for right now because that's the real return of of seeing Gonzaga play against other opponents. Very, very exciting stuff coming up. We talked about Smith's history. We talked about his best and worst case scenarios. As you would expect, as is going to always be the case on this podcast, the actual expected production is somewhere in between the best and worst case scenarios. Uh, I do expect Malachi Smith is going to be a starter. I teased in that second segment that perhaps he could come off the bench, and I think that it's possible. I really do. I think that I have a pretty clear idea of what I think the starting lineup is going to be. It is the same starting lineup that many other people have suggested as the likely starting lineup. That is Nolan Hickman, Rasir Bolton, Malachi Smith, Julian Strother, and Drew Timmy. However, I'm not inc- I'm not super confident in that. I think there are other ways that this could work. I think Hunter Salas could play his way into the starting lineup. I think Anton Watson, as a senior, as a local kid, Mark Few loves to reward players like that. And I think that while there's this assumption that Julian Strother is going to play the four and they're going to play a three-guard lineup, nobody has confirmed that. That has not been set in stone or even, I, as far as I know, vocalized by anybody on the coaching staff. It is just, we saw them do it with Corey Kispert. We know that they're willing to do that, but it is not set in stone. And Anton Watson is a perfectly capable player to step into a starting role uh, and play the four while Julian plays the three and they just play two of the guards. So all this to say, Malachi Smith does not have a starting lineup set in stone or a starting spot in the lineup set in stone. I expect that he's going to start. I expect that 
he's going to play a similar role to what Bolton played last year and kind of the role that we expect him to play. I, I do think that he is the primary option to play point guard when Nolan Hickman's not on the court. And I know that at Craziness in the Kennel, Few had a comment where he kind of said, effectively, we don't want to be overly, overly reliant on just one point guard like they were last year. And so we're going to have multiple guys be ready to play point guard duties. And he mentioned Malachi Smith. He also mentioned Hunter Salas and he mentioned Rasir Bolton. And I think some people may have taken that comment to indicate a lack of faith in Malachi Smith specifically or a lack of faith in Nolan Hickman. Uh, I didn't take it that way. I discussed this, I believe, on the Mailbag Monday episode. Uh, I took it more as Mark Few saw what happened when Andrew Nemphard had a bad game. Uh, Andrew, in the, the NCAA tournament against Arkansas, I think he missed 13 shots in that game, if I'm not, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, one for 14 in that game. And he wasn't even, like, making a bunch of bad decisions or just carelessly turning the ball over. He was just missing good shots. And that was that was all it took. There was there was a lot more to that game than Andrew Nembhard missing shots that caused Gonzaga to lose. Chet Holmgren fouled out. Julian Strother was in the midst of a pretty horrific slump. Like there was a lot of factors, but I suspect that Mark Few was watching this game, was watching Andrew Nembhard struggled, and realized I don't have another option. He had Nolan Hickman. Hickman was struggling down the stretch. I don't know if it was a confidence issue or a fatigue issue or both, but it made sense that Few didn't feel super comfortable going to Nolan for an extended period of time in that game. But it also makes sense that Few might have come out of that game thinking, well, next year I don't want that to be... I, don't, I, I can't be reliant on one guy to do all of my traditional half-court point guard duties, especially... No disrespect to Nolan Hickman whatsoever, but he's not Andrew Nembhard. And he's he's not coming into this season with as much experience as as much confidence as, as Nembhard had. And so for the Zags, like, yeah, you're going to want other options. And Malachi Smith's the he's the right guy. He's the right guy for this spot. Malachi Smith played traditional point guard duties last year and the year before that. He has more experience as a traditional Division I college point guard than anybody on this roster anybody. And yes, there are differences. The offense is different. There's a whole lot of caveats that go with that statement. But at the end of the day, that statement is true. Malachi Smith is the most experienced division one point guard on this roster. It makes zero sense to me to believe that he is not going to have at least some of those responsibilities. I think Nolan Hickman's the primary guy. I think he should be the primary guy, but I don't think that Hunter Salas is the backup point guard. No disrespect to Hunter whatsoever. I don't think Rasir Bolton is the backup point guard either. If they wanted Rasir Bolton to be a backup point guard, he would have played it last year. He didn't. He did not play that role last year. I don't think he's going to play that role this year. I don't really think Hunter Salas is going to play that role this year. I think he could. I don't. I guess I don't have enough information to feel conclusively that he's not capable of doing that. But for me, Nolan Hickman and Malachi Smith should and will, in my prediction, soak up the vast majority of the true point guard minutes throughout this season. Beyond that, for, for Malachi Smith, I, I don't think we're going to see the full Ryan Woolridge jump. You know, Woolridge jumped over 10 percentage points in his three-point shot. Mal, or excuse me, Rasir Bolton, I think, jumped like 13% from his final year at Iowa State to his first year at Gonzaga. For Malachi Smith to do that, he would have to shoot like 53%. I don't think that he's going to be a 53% three-point shooter, but I mentioned a handful of times already. I really do think that he's going to be over 40, close to 45. I think him and Rasir Bolton are just going to be an absolute 
wrecking ball on offense in terms of their ability to get to their spots in transition, to get to their spots in the half court, to create situations where Drew Timmy can can facilitate the offense basically either in one-on-one situations where he's just going to score 80% of the time or where there's going to be guys kick ready for kickouts, ready to hit those open threes. Because if you double-team Drew Timmy and the rest of the guys on the floor are Nolan Hickman, Julian Strother, Rasir Bolton, and Malachi Smith, every single one of those guys can knock down a three. It's going to be really, really hard for opposing defenses to figure out what to do with Drew Timmy down low. And I think Malachi Smith and his outside shooting is going to play a big part in that. Beyond that, I think... Looking at just overall predictions statistically, uh, something like 12 points and six boards kind of feels like the right-ish range if he's playing 28, 30 minutes per night. Uh, again, he's, he's certainly not going to score 20 a game like he did at Chattanooga. Uh, I th- his, we didn't even talk much about his rebounding on this podcast, but that is a tremendous strength of his. One of the reasons that you can get away with playing him at the three, if you look at the starting lineup of Hickman, Bolton, Smith, Strother, and Timmy Smith's kind of playing the three, and there's really just two wing positions, so I don't know that that, dis- that discrepancy matters all that much. But rebounding could be a concern. But Smith is really good at this. 7.6 rebounds per game in two years. 7.6 rebounds per game. That's insane. I, I'm not, I would have to fact check this, but I'm fairly certain that is at or more than most than Drew Timmy. I think Drew Timmy averages like 6.8, 7 rebounds, something like that. So Malachi Smith... He's not a necessarily a better rebounder than Drew Timmy, but he has he has grabbed more rebounds per game in the last couple of years than Drew Timmy. That's not nothing. The Zags have had very good rebounding guards in the past. Joel Eyei is the most primary example of that, of course. But part of the reason the Zags could run those four-guard lineups with Corey Kispert playing the four is because of Joel Eyei's rebounding ability. Malachi Smith fills that role for the Zags this year. He can do that. Julian Strother is a good rebounder as well. But between those two guys, you can get away with having a smaller starting lineup, having more guards, more floor spacing, all of that, if those guys can crash the boards. And Malachi Smith can do that. I think that's a huge part of his story, a huge part of what he's going to bring to this team. Finally, I I do think Malachi is going to get some NBA looks after the season. I think, you know... Seeing him on mock drafts has me more encouraged that he is that there's more than just us who are thinking about him who are considering him. I, I would be fairly surprised if he does get selected, just because it's unusual for older guards in this situation to get drafted. It just doesn't happen all of that often. It's not to say that he's not capable of being an NBA player. It's just that it's it's that's a that's probably not the avenue that he takes to get into the NBA. He probably has to go the undrafted route, the two-way contract route, or ball out in the G League route. You know, we're looking at a guy like Jamari Bouye, who's an outstanding college basketball player, but he was a bit undersized and old and he did not get drafted and he's going to make the NBA. It looks very promising for him right now with how he's performed in the preseason with the Miami Heat, but Malachi is probably going to have to go that route. I that, that could mean that he returns. He has another year of eligibility after this. So I suppose it's possible that similar to Rasir Bolton, we get two years of Malachi Smith. Right now, that's really hard to project, really hard to make a guess on that. I would have told you for the vast majority of the last calendar year that Rasir Bolton, no chance he's coming back, and he did. So I don't know that making a prediction is particularly uh, meaningful at this point. I would guess more likely that he does not come back, but you never know. You absolutely never know. Uh, He's going to have a very, very good professional basketball career, whether it's in the NBA or not, uh, but a really, really good season here in Spokane has the very, very high potential of putting him significantly on the NBA draft radar. 
All right, that is going to do it for me today. Don't forget to check out my written content at scorezagscore.com. Did a whole video breakdown about Malachi Smith and what he brings to this team. So for more context on Smith, if you're interested, you haven't read it, there is a link below in the show notes. You can click that and check out the article. One more episode coming on Friday. It's going to be a Zags in the NBA preview as well, uh, right here in the Locked on Zags podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube as well. Go hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so yet. And finally, thank you for making Locked on Zags your first listen of the day. If you're itching to get back into college hoops and want to hear about some of the other top tier teams around the NCAA, check out Locked on's newest college show, Locked on Cougs, that's C-O-O-G-S, all about the Houston Cougars. Friend of the show and former guest Parker Ainsworth is in his first week as the host of Locked On Cougs, and it's a great way for fans of college basketball to learn more about Marcus Sasser and Kelvin Sampson and the outstanding recruiting class over at Houston. All right, thank you all for listening, and go Zags.